Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Well, what's up, church? Welcome to week 17 of the eternal spring break that 2020 has gifted us. Isn't it amazing? You know, but even in these unprecedented times that we're finding ourselves in, let me tell you, God is on the move and his kingdom is alive and well. People's lives are being changed and God is moving in the city of Austin, Texas. It is an incredible time to be alive and to be here. Well, my name's Chris Otts and I'm one of our pastors on staff here at Antioch Austin. My wife, Christy, and I have been married for 15 years. We have four incredible kids, and I can't believe that I get to be a part of what God is doing in this church and in this city. It really is a privilege to get to serve on this team and to get to serve leaders like J.D. and Liz, who carry a passion to proclaim the message of Jesus and the hope and healing that he brings. You know, one of the things that I've learned as a, a man who's aging and getting closer and closer to 40 years old each and every day is that my story that I'm seeing of the world and how I fit into it is not always accurate. It's not always what is actually taking place in reality. See, stories are like that. Sometimes they're fairy tales and sometimes they're nightmares, but the story that we're telling is not always the reality of what is going on. You might have heard it said that perception is reality. Well, let me say it another way, that the story we're telling ourselves is the story that we believe to be true. But what happens when that story that is being told needs a rewrite. I'm calling this message today storytellers. See, the story that we envision ourselves in will provide the narrative for how we live in relation to the people, events, and opportunities that come our way in life. And almost nothing will shape your life more than the story that you're telling yourself that you're in. The story being told creates the thoughts that then drive the actions that we take with our lives. And for many of us, the story that we believe that we're in is not entirely the same story that God is telling. The story that we're hearing, the story that's playing in our mind is intertwined with who we wish we were, the perception of what people want us to be, or in just comparison to those who are around us. So what happens is this false narrative begins to steal our confidence. And so we toss aside ourselves, and as a result, we miss out on the opportunity that God presents before us. And so we say, it is time 
for a rewrite. Jesus tells a story in Matthew chapter 25. And he tells a story about four people, a master and his three servants. And today we're gonna zero in on that third servant. See, this servant was living in a story all his own, and it definitely was not a fairy tale story. It was, it was an absolute nightmare, the story that he was telling. In the story, he didn't have a master who was an empowering leader who presented him with an incredible opportunity, and he was not somebody who deserved, based on his ability, to receive an opportunity for anything. Instead, the story that played out was that the master was cruel, hard, and limiting. He envisioned himself in this story, and thus it confused his thoughts, it robbed his confidence, and ultimately it cost him a life of possibility. So let's look at the full story. Let's see what happens in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 14, and we're going to go all the way through verse 30. Jesus says, again, it, being the kingdom of God, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, say five. five. To another, he gave two bags, say two. two. And to another, he gave one, say one. one. Each according to their own ability. Wherever you're at, underline that highlighted in your Bible, each according to his own ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. He hustled. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of these servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come enjoy your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold came also. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and enjoy your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you to be a hard man harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. 
His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So let me get this straight. So you knew that I gathered where I hadn't sown and harvested what I hadn't scattered? Then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers. That way when I came back, I would have received it with interest. So take this bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here we've got three servants. Three servants that are part of the same story, but it's actually being told to them in stark contrast. We got two servants who hear that their master is empowering them and giving them a great opportunity. Then you've got the third servant. This third servant who's living in an entirely different story. In his story, the master is hard and the master is limiting. And when I'm really honest with myself, I identify more with the third servant more often than I do with the other two. What I need is not a new story. What I need is not a new life. What I need is a rewrite to the story that I am in. My first job out of college was working at a wholesale tire distributor. It was not exciting and it was not glamorous. It was the exact opposite. It was exhausting, incredibly low paying, and it left me at the end of the day covered in tire dirt. I found myself, though, at night scrolling the pages of Facebook on my computer. That was before smartphones. And Facebook was the only social media outlet in that day. But I would find myself scrolling, and what I would see is the people I graduated with in these seemingly important and significant roles in their jobs. What that scrolling did night after night is it fed the thoughts that told me in the story that I was in that I was overlooked and insignificant. The story began to take on this tone that felt so much like that third servant. I'm not very gifted. What I have to offer really doesn't matter. And my future definitely isn't bright. But one morning, before I went to work, I was spending time just praying and seeking God, and God met me right where I was that day. In the middle of me believing a story of insignificance, God met me right there and gave me just the simplest of encouragements. As I sat alone with God, he showed me how I would, if I would just give myself to what was in front of me today, that it would be used to prepare me for the future that he saw for my life. If I would just get up that day and go to work and face my fear of rejection and make my sales calls to those small town tire store owners, what God would do is over time, he would break that fear of rejection off my life so that I could stand not before tire shop owners and speak with confidence, but stand before crowds and speak with boldness and courage. 
See, what looked like a small thing to me is God saw as significant. He saw an ability that just needed to be used that day. And he encouraged it. He encouraged me to just use what was there. And in that moment, God began to rewrite the story that was being told in my life. And with this rewrite under work, I've recalled that moment countless times over the years. I remind myself to listen to that encouragement again today and to use what I have to let God be my storyteller. As we look in today's passage and as we dive into it, I am full of faith that God is gonna show us the why and how he rewrites stories when they get off in our life. When we are trapped in the third servant story that is all about limitation in what we don't have to give. You know your story needs a rewrite when we start to discount what you've actually been given. The third servant, when viewed in comparison to the other two, was given the least. But let me ask you, is that how you view yourself when you're looking at people around you? Is I've been given the least? Of everyone around me, of all my friends, I've been given the least. See, comparison discounts what we've been given by confusing the story we see ourselves in. Comparison is rooted in insecurity. And insecurity always tells a story that who we are and what we have been given is not enough. Jesus told a story of three servants who were given bags of gold by a master that he saw ability in them and he gave them bags of gold to use. But rather than focusing on the fact that they were given bags of gold based on the ability that they had proven to their master, we too quickly start to focus on who got the most bags of gold. Our story and in your story Does it matter how much the bag of gold is worth? Or does it matter that someone else might have more? Does it matter that you've got this gift? Or does it matter that someone has these gifts? What matters more? The gift that you've been given or the gift that someone else has been given? Comparison confuses the story by distracting us in discounting what we've been given. I have this 14-year-old son. He's a musician. He's really talented, and I'm incredibly proud of him. But sometimes I hate that stupid guitar. (laughs) He will routinely, like today, walk downstairs playing that guitar, singing a new song that he wrote when Christy and I are in the middle of a conversation. And all of a sudden, I can't hear what she's saying. The noise of his song has drowned out the conversation that we were having. And that's what comparison is like. Comparison drowns out the story that God is telling about my life by getting me to listen to the story that God is telling about someone else's life. I can't recognize the value that I have 
when I'm looking at the value that someone else has. You know, historians and scholars tell us that these bags of gold, each one of them that the master gave would have been worth $500,000 each. $500,000, half a million bucks. I want to know if someone walked up to you today and handed you $500,000, would you take it and then go bury it in the ground? I sure hope not. Because that's got a lot of value in it. And so do you. So do you. The gifts and talents that you've been given by God hold tremendous value. And it only becomes less when you start to compare yourself to someone else. You are not less than. You are not less than. God recognizes the ability within you and he has put opportunities around you for you to use what you have been given so that people are blessed and God is glorified so that you can make an impact in the world that God has called you to reach. The Apostle Paul, he says the same thing, but he uses a different analogy in 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3, beginning in verse 8, he says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And listen to what Paul says here. This is incredible. By the grace God has given me, by the ability God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise master builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. Paul says, my ability, what God has given me, my bag of gold that God put in my hands is as a foundation layer. The bag of gold that God put in someone else's hand was as a builder. Each one has value. Paul, the apostle Paul, recognizes that he has an ability and it's not the same as somebody else's. And he just needs to use what he's been given. When a house gets built, you need a foundation, you need plumbing, you need framing, you need a roof, you need finish work. The roofer does not come and look at the house and say, the roof is no longer important because I didn't get to lay the foundation. No, if the roofer didn't do his job, we'd all get wet. And the roofer wouldn't be able to do his job without the framer. See, I have an ability, you have an ability, and it has value and it means a lot. Is it the entire house? No. It's not. No one's the entire house. But comparison is the liar that tell us, tells us that there is somebody that has the entire house and it's not you because you're not good enough. And it's time for a rewrite of the story. It's time to let the story get rewritten that has value and places value on who we are and what we have been given. And we need a rewrite. When the story we envision ourselves in begins to create doubt and skepticism within us about people, events, and opportunities. Listen to what the third servant said. 
In verse 24, he says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Where did he get this? Really? Where did this come from? How come the other two servants didn't see the same thing? They saw a master who entrusted them, gave them opportunity and empowered them to go use what they had been given. Yet the third servant saw a master who was hard, cruel, and wasn't to be messed with. The clear and direct thing about this is this is about how we view God. Our view of who God is will dictate how the narrative gets told throughout our story. Do you see God as a hard man? Or do you see God as the empowering leader who wants to give you opportunity, who wants to see your ability, celebrate it, and give you a chance? The story we see ourselves in, it shapes the thoughts that we have. An opportunity can be seen as one of two ways, as a potential failure or as a setup for my life to step into things that I've never imagined could, it could be. A conversation with an authority figure can take on two different tones. It can take on the tone that, that says, this is going to point out some deep-seated flaw in me because they're not for me. Or it can be an investment where they see who you are and help you grow into who you know you could be. And our thoughts help shape how we are going to perceive that interaction. The third servant believed his master to be a hard man and it completely shaped the perspective of everything he saw the master then doing. Was the master really a crook? Did the master really harvest where he hadn't sown? Did he really take the seed that he hadn't scattered himself? Or was that just how the third servant saw through his lens of seeing the master as a hard man and him being unworthy of what the master had given? Was it just what he was seeing? See, when I find that I'm viewing people, events, and every opportunity around me through a skeptical lens, then it's a sign to me that I need a rewrite in my story. You know, I had a, a friend listening to me one day as I complained about everything and everyone in my life. And he listened, he listened good. And then he looked at me and said, when everyone else is the problem, it might be you that's the problem. Maybe it's the sources that are feeding me information. Maybe it's the news that I'm taking in. Maybe it's the social media influencers that I'm letting speak into my life. Maybe it's just the voices of the people around me that I'm letting influencing me. Maybe it's the fact that I haven't taken time to stop and get alone with God, to let my soul get refreshed so I'm weary and worn out and I can't hear the right story. 
when we find ourselves saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Or God, you're not going to come through for me. You never do. This is too good to be true, God. These kind of things don't happen in my life. They happen to other people, but definitely not to me. When that's the story you're hearing, it's time for a rewrite because those thoughts don't stay thoughts. They turn into actions that you then take. They turn into you taking what you've been given and burying it in the ground. Not using what we have for the benefit of others and so that God can get glorified. Our thoughts become those actions. And let me tell you, right now, our world does not need people who are taking what God has given and burying it in the ground. People are hurting. They're full of fear. They have no idea what tomorrow's news is going to bring. And they're even questioning, what is my future going to look like? They need people who believe that what they've been given matters and can make a difference right here, right now, for them and for others, for the glory of God. They need us to be those people who believe in the value that God has given us. They need us to believe those people, to be those people. Because the third servant, he wasn't that person. He buried what he had. And he reasoned it away to the master. But the story, his story, the end was written from the very beginning. He didn't use what he had. He wasted the opportunity that was given to him. And so the master had to respond. The master had to respond. And just honestly, whenever I read this part, it makes me uncomfortable. But I found that when I read something in the Bible that makes me uncomfortable, I probably need to reread it. Listen to what the master says and hear the question that he asked. So you knew that I harvest where I had not sown and gather where I had not scattered seed? Can you hear the question? That's what you thought about me? That's how you view me? So we take the bag of gold from him and we give it to the one who has 10. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And take this worthless servant, put him in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Two things happened here. One, the servant lost his opportunity to play a part in the story that the master was telling. And two, the master protected the atmosphere of his home by not letting the toxic thoughts of that servant spread to the others around him. Because those thoughts were going to become words and they were going to become actions and they were going to influence others. Last week, Pastor J.D. spoke from Numbers 20 about how Moses' choice cost him the opportunity to be a part of seeing God's promise fulfilled and being a part of the people that got to enter into the promised land. His choices cost him his part his choices, the promise still came to pass. But Moses' choices 
They cost him his opportunity to be a part of that. God wants you to be a part of his purposes. He wants you to be a part. Listen to what Paul said again. Paul said, for we are co-workers in God's service. God wants you to be a part. That's why he gave you a gift. Maybe he gave you two. Maybe he gave you five. But God gave them to you for a reason. Because he wants you to be a part. But he is also intent on seeing his purposes fulfilled. And if I won't use my part, then God will find someone that will. Let me be just clear on something. Right now, God is wanting to rewrite the story of systematic racial injustice in our nation. We have the opportunity to use what we are, have been given, each one of us, to be a part of this God story. If I, Chris, choose not to use it and bury my gifts and talents in the ground, then God will find someone who's willing to use theirs and he will let them be a part of this great rewrite that he's doing right now because God cares about the rewrite and he cares about his purposes going forth and he cares about me and he wants me to be a part, but it is up to me to use what I've had and not bury it in the ground. It's up to me to choose to let God do a rewrite on my story. It's up to me to choose to not let to comparison devalue what I've been given. It's up to me to stop and look and listen and eliminate the comparing voices that are drowning out the voice of God in my life. It is up to me to take daily time to sit alone with God, asking him to remind me of the value he's put in me. It's up to me to to confess my thoughts to God. It's up to me to sit with him and say, you know what, God, it's hard for me to sing the song, Good, Good Father, because I'm not seeing a lot of your goodness in my life right now. So would you show me your goodness? It's up to me to do that. It's up to me to use what I've been given and to eliminate the things that are keeping me from doing it. It's up to me to say, God, Rewrite my story. See, because ultimately God wants all of us to use what we've been given, whether you've been given one, two, or five bags. God wants you to use the incredible gift that you've been given to be a part of his great story. And to do this, we need to let him rewrite the story that we're telling ourselves in our heads. God, we pray that you would rewrite the story of our lives. And God, we pray that, that what we would hear, the story that we're hearing being told in and over our lives would completely align with the story that you're telling. And we pray it in Jesus' name.